0: another episode of the Touch Points podcast put on by East Point Bible Church. In today's episode, we'll be starting a new series of episodes drawing from the book Cultivation of Christian Character by J. Oswald Sanders. This series will be the first part of a 15-part series focusing on an element of the Christian character according to scripture that we should be growing and cultivating in obedience to God's Word. Now, why is this subject on cultivating a Christian character and this book that focuses on this subject worth you and I focusing on? To start, I'd like us to consider why this subject might be critical to our spiritual lives by focusing on a quote from the introduction of the book, which reads this. The genuine disciple of Christ earnestly desires a closer walk with God in a greater conformity to Christ. If these are absent, there is reason to doubt the genuineness of the discipleship. But many true lovers of the Lord are beset with a sense of inadequacy and failure in living the Christian life as, they, as it ought to be lived. They are very conscious with the Apostle Paul that they have not already attained, neither are already perfect. But they yearn to know Christ better, And serve Him more worthily. I firmly believe that as we study together the cultivation of Christian character, focusing on the habits, desires, and practices that characterize being a follower of Christ, that it will do one of two things: it will give direction to those who are seeking Christ on what needs to change in their lives as they seek Christ, or what they need to be convicted of to start in their pursuit and discipleship of Christ. And I also believe that this, this book has the capability to convict those who think they are following Christ, but seeing the marks of spiritual maturity of the Christian character, that they will see clearly that they really are not followers of Christ and that they would be brought to repentance of the truth in God's Word. And so together, let's dive into the first subject of our study, which really sets the basis and the foundation for all things to follow. And that subject is spiritual maturity. What would you say if someone asked you is the goal of the Christian life? What is the objective of our lives as followers of Christ that we are to pursue fulfillment of? Sanders our author describes it this way. The goal of the Christian life is to attain in ever-increasing degree the standard of maturity which is seen in perfection in Christ. Let me read that again for you. The goal of the Christian life is to attain in ever-increasing degree the standard of maturity which was seen in perfection in Christ. Consider these passages of scripture, the support that the goal of the Christian life is an ever-increasing standard of spiritual maturity seen and observed in Christ. Ephesians 4.13 says that collectively, we believers are being built up until we all attain to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And individually, we had the goal of becoming complete in Christ, as we see in Colossians 1.28. And leaders, the goal to see us made complete in Christ. The Apostle John writes that by this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner as he walked, 1 John 2.6. So according to Scripture, spiritual maturity is Christ's likeness. Now, there are two elements of Christ-likeness that we need to understand. The first is our daily pursuit of maturity and completeness according to the standard of Christ. That is our daily struggle and ambition to look more like Christ in everything that we do. But the second element is the inevitable outcome of being complete and like Christ that is accomplished by God by transforming us into the image of Christ so that we enjoy him forever. We've already seen the first element in the passages we have just looked at together. Now let's look at the second element of Christ's likeness, as we see clearly on display in Romans eight twenty nine, which says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. From Scripture, we can clearly see that Christ's likeness is both a daily pursuit in the life of a believer in the present, and Christ's likeness is a guaranteed condition in future glory that we were predestined to be transformed into by God through glorification according to a sovereign will. So starting our study in cultivating Christian character, we begin with the subject of spiritual maturity. To begin, we look at the nature of spiritual maturity by asking the question, what is spiritual maturity? Sanders describes it as not merely a mental apprehension of spiritual things, or the ability to do spiritual work. It is primarily with our attitudes towards God and our fellow men. It is the ability to meet the demands and emergencies of life in a mature and not in a childish way. Simply stated, spiritual maturity is acting like a spiritual adult, being grown up and developed in our attitudes towards God and the things around us rather than being childlike infantile in our attitudes and in our practices. This maturity that we're seeking, that is the goal of the Christian life, comes from learning after the example of Christ who was spiritually developed in every sense completely while on this earth. Jesus was complete in perfect obedience and in spiritual maturity while on this earth, while living the human life, as we see in Hebrews uh, chapter 5, verse 8. So from Christ's example, we see exactly what spiritual adulthood looks like. Now we need to ask ourselves, what are the qualities of spiritual maturity that we should be seeking? What fruit should I see from being spiritually mature? When I look at Christ, what evidence is, what characteristics of spiritual maturity should I be longing to have? Should I be purposefully striving to see and develop in my life? The author, Sanders, covers some very critical fruits of being spiritually mature. Not necessarily comprehensive. That would take a much longer podcast episode to cover those. But some very core and fundamental qualities that are exclusive to being spiritually mature, particularly in the example of Christ. The first one is desiring holiness over happiness. The immature and childlike are driven by the goal of happiness and self-gratification through many means, as acquiring, through entertainment, They seek the childlike and the immature, seek to be gratified in the flesh by the temporal things around them. Those who walk in the footsteps of Christ know that his example in teaching is the desiring of righteousness above all else, like what we see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 in the Beatitude, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be satisfied. The mature pursue goodness before happiness. The mature, the well-developed, the spiritual adults seek holiness first, not happiness. Happiness, the immediate gratification of the flesh through personal pleasure, through the things around us. That is not what a Christian, the mature one, seeks first. Happiness, joy, a blessedness that is inward, that is eternal, that comes rooted from God, does come from pursuing holiness. But this type of joy is rooted in holiness first, not happiness with the things around us. The second thing, the critical fruit of spiritual maturity, is a preference for serving rather than being served. This mark of maturity um, can be clearly seen in the life of Jesus, who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, Mark 10, 45. A child prioritizes being given what they desire, to be handed that which they believe will give them happiness, that which they long for, that which they desire to experience for themselves. The mature person, according to Scripture, prioritizes serving the needs of others before fulfilling the needs of self. And so a desire for service is a mark of maturity. I think of Jesus' example um, as we see in Philippians chapter 2, to where we are to not only look after our own interests, but also the interest of others. And the priority there is others first, then ourselves. That's a mark of maturity because it is unnatural for a person to not think of themselves first. Service is a mark of maturity. The next mark of maturity is a joyous personality, not contingent on circumstances. A child's disposition reflects the way that they feel about their circumstances. The mark of maturity is a constant, unrelenting joy in God, despite the circumstances one might face. James commands the believer to consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. The spiritually mature have an unquenchable joy rooted in God In his promises. Those who are developed in spiritual maturity do not have their disposition, their attitude, tossed to and fro by the constant, turbulent changing of their circumstances. Rather, they are grounded in the constancy of who God is, and their joy follows suit to where they rejoice, they exult, they find blessedness despite the harshness and difficulty of their circumstances that they might be facing. Another mark of spiritual maturity, and this is most likely the biggest one, especially from the themes we read in Scripture, is a life of love. Sanders writes correctly that the highest manifestation of spiritual maturity is love. We are only as mature as as we are mature in love. The Apostle John writes, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. In this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. 1 John 4, 20-21. More than anything else, the person that loves according to the example of Christ displays Spiritual maturity. Biblical Christ like love takes spiritual adulthood. It takes being developed according to the image of Christ. It is not easy to be selfless. It is not natural to be self forgetful. Rather, it takes following with intentionality and pursuit the example that Christ has set for us. To conclude his chapter on spiritual maturity, Sanders writes concerning the signs and solutions to spiritual degeneration, the opposite of spiritual maturity, or should I say the opposite effect of spiritual maturity. Scripture is clear that what can be gained in maturity can be lost in immaturity. It is possible, even easy, For the believer to slide backwards in spiritual development. Consider the condition of the recipients of the book of Hebrews, who writes, Concerning him we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, and you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and who have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So the recipients of the book of Hebrews recessed in their maturity, degenerated in their knowledge, went backwards and their progression of following in the example of Christ in knowledge of the truth. We can become dull in our ability to understand spiritual truth. We can embrace laziness that reverses the growth and development we once had. Any believer is vulnerable to going backwards from the example of Christ. And I think that this reality should put a healthy fear in our hearts, a prudence of our mind, a worriedness That gives us an alertness that our maturity can be lost in sin. That once maturity is gained, it can be lost. So what is the answer to backsliding from maturity? What is the answer from slipping? I think we need to repent from spiritual childishness. Recognize our immaturity that we need to have a renewal of focus on the example of Christ, recognizing that in our behavior, we were not focusing on Christ as our example that we are striving for to represent and to emulate. And finally, we need to have an earnesty to know Christ more deeply. So the answer to going backwards is to begin going forward. God provides the believer with everything needed to move forwards in maturity, Primarily the power of the Holy Spirit residing within us. And so spiritual maturity and the ability to return from a backsliding immaturity is possible. God has given us the example of Christ, the direction of scripture, and the power of the Holy Spirit to pursue maturity and to recover from backsliding. And so let us pursue maturity in the direction of Christ, not slipping into childishness, but correcting our course when we do. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Touch Points podcast. In our next episode in this series, we will be focusing on God's pattern servant, looking at the servanthood of Christ and how that should affect the way that we serve others. Grace and peace to you, as you strive for maturity in Christ.